Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Well, hello and good morning, everyone. Welcome to uh, a very special edition of uh, the Sunday Matchup Show. I mean, we don't normally do this on Sundays for once, so it's quite special. But I'm also doing this on the train on the way down to White Hart Lane, and uh, delayed the decision on recording this for a couple of reasons. Uh, but most uh, notably, it's just mostly down to all the injuries that were happening. Uh, didn't want to put out a load of advice on Friday, and if I had done the show that I was planning to do Friday, um, a lot of players we talked about were either declared out uh, or, or doubtful for the game. So this is a much better way of doing it. Uh, we'll try and do it in this sort of format, but uh, because I'm doing it on the train, because it's uh, early start here, <laughs> going down to meet people before the game, uh, it doesn't mean this is going to be completely unedited. And uh, no music and no pomp and uh, uh, no production value whatsoever. But I figured you'd want the information regardless, and it would be better than having uh, nothing at all. So, um, going to go back to standard sort of uh, matchups uh, show and think about um, all the potential plays for this week. And maybe this will help you with some DFS as well, although I don't ever claim to be a decent DFS player. Um, and Thursday night was a crazy game in its own right, wasn't it? With uh, with no touchdowns and, and pretty much everyone disappointing there, except for the kickers. So um, should be an interesting uh, game. We've obviously got today's game in London, so we're going to start there and start with the Giants versus the Packers and talk about all the plays that we have here uh, through all the games today and tomorrow uh, with all the information that we have available to us as of sort of nine o'clock this morning, uh, being Sunday. So. Uh, we'll start with the Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones just you can't play him this week. If you've got him even in the Superflex League, unless uh, for me, I'm playing an outfield player over Daniel Jones. He is going to play, he's gonna, but he is still there's still some injury concerns about him. I know he's been ruled in, uh, but he's lost pretty much every part of this offense that if you take one part of him. 
all the wide receivers are pretty much gone. So this is a really, really difficult uh, matchup for Daniel Jones against this D in its own right. So absolutely cannot start him uh, this week at all. Um, who you can start is Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is going to be a great option for you as always. Uh, RB1 in uh, fantasy football as it stands right now. Uh, I've got him as my RB2 in the week. There is an option I like better, but of course you're starting Saquon Barkley. You don't need me to tell you that. Uh, but he's pretty much going to touch the ball uh, anywhere up to sort of 30, 35 times. Uh, today, that's what we kind of expect. Um, so the, the prop bet line on him, which is interesting, I haven't seen one on a running back this high for quite some time, is 113.5 rushing and receiving yards. So 113.5 screaming yards over and under. And that's a, a pretty good line to set out because I think that is the minimum. So you can pretty much lock him for a 100-yard day um, combined. But it'll be interesting to see where most of that work comes from. Maybe we can see more of what we did last week with uh, him running the ball exclusively or will there be some passes thrown in there? I think for me the only receiver I would even touch today in a lineup, unless it's a desperation play, is uh, Richie James. I do think if you're playing in a really obscure niche uh, league, Darius Slayton could have some value just to get the odd uh, breakaway because he's shown that and demonstrated it in the past. But I do think it's going to be a difficult uh, play in most leagues for him. Uh, Richie James, I think, would be the one that I would be uh, if I had to line up a, a Giants wide receiver, although I'd be quite tempted not to line up any. Um, Graham Gano also looks like a pretty decent bet in this game as well if you uh, need a kicker, but uh, not someone that'd be necessarily desperate to start. Moving on to the Packers. Packers have uh, Aaron Rodgers, who I don't have inside my top 12 this week. He is hovering. Uh, just outside of that, uh, <laughs> I do have him inside. I do move him up actually when I saw this matchup change. So he's my QB9 of the week, so he's definitely a good, uh, a good bet this week. Uh, as for the split between uh, Jones and Dylan, this does look like it's going to be more an Aaron Jones week, but both of these are heavily startable as RB2 options uh, this week. And then we've got uh, Lazard and, and, and Dubs, they're definitely two must-start options. I think they're going to be hovering around the wide receiver three uh, flex range, but Dubs, it was encouraging after he had a drop last week uh, at a fumble that he uh, got targeted after that. So uh, I do think that Lazard and Dubs will be heavily targeted in this game. Uh, wouldn't be playing uh, Christian Watson or any of the other receivers here. So it's purely just a Lazard and Dubs game mixed in with Jones and Dylan. But I don't think there's any huge upside on any of these. I don't think any of these are going to break into uh, wide receiver one, running back one positions uh, this week. But I think they're all consolidatory, safe, uh, picks uh, to play. Wouldn't touch the tight ends. Tony, I think I've got a tight end 17 on the week. So, uh, but the Packers D definitely looks like a really good play this week. Uh, lock them up to uh, start and play well. Then we start getting to the six o'clock games or one o'clock for this, this in the US. Um, we start with Pittsburgh and it looks like Kenny Pickett's going to get the start. And um, yeah, I just don't like starting rookies at the first NFL start. It's not going to be particularly uh, pretty to watch. I think he is going to elevate this offense a little bit, and I do think that will 
help, uh, especially uh, if you look at George Pickens, he had two catches uh, with Mitch Trubisky last week, and then when uh, Kenny Baker came on, he got four receptions uh, for 60 odd yards. So. Uh, definitely, this is a, a, a place where you can play Pickens. That looks to be a favourite receiver. I also think Johnson Johnson's going to get a lift. I do think that Pickens just not going to be afraid to sling the ball, especially against Buffalo. But this is going to be played in quite windy conditions, um, so that's also to take factors. Wouldn't be playing Chase Cable here. I think he's definitely a declining asset in this offense. Um, I think really the only options you can play are, are Johnson and Pickens, who for me sit around that sort of wide receiver three flex play. Najee Harris is a, an interesting one he's, there's clearly some sort of discomfort that he's facing, definitely not the best option um, at running back and not that stud option that we were kind of hoping he was going to be uh, this season, however he is definitely a start play I've got him on the fringes of a running back 2 at running back 24 on the week looking at uh, Buffalo, of course you're going to start most of your studs here um, Josh Allen uh, is obviously going to be a big, big play this week, uh, as, as you would expect. Although this is a pretty stingy uh, Steelers defense, so have to be a little bit careful there. I've got to mention Pat Freemuth. Pat Freemuth, sorry for Pittsburgh, he is going to be a start as well. Um, he is someone that I've definitely been encouraged to, to start with confidence this week. Um, hopefully we start to see him getting targeted more by uh, Kenny Pickett. Uh, but back to, you have mentioned Josh Allen, excuse me, I'm going through a tunnel, uh, like I said, pure, uh, unedited version here. Um, obviously a must start. Devin Tinkertree is, is the lock, he's the number one in this offense. The one thing I'm concerned about with, with Devin Tinkertree today is this could be a blowout, especially if that Steelers de- uh, offense doesn't click. Um, and it's with a brand new rookie, so that's every chance that this could happen. So, if this starts to get to blow out, then you'll start to see Zach Moss and, and James Cook get some touches. The game needs to be close. You saw the game script last week was very close, so pretty much Singletree never left the field. It's going to be very different uh, if this game starts to be a blowout. So, I do think Singletree has a, a cap on his ceiling, but he's still a good RB2 play for this week. Stefan Diggs is going to be a definite lock for uh, a lot of work this afternoon. He's going to get a, uh, a big workload and someone that you can start with confidence. He's my wide receiver two on the week overall. I've got Gabe Davis inside my top 20. He is at our uh, running back, uh, wide receiver 20 on the week as well. He's someone that I really do like. And I think Isaiah McKenzie holds a uh, solid flex play. He's inside my top 50 wide receivers, but towards the bottom end of that, I do think you can get some good value out of him, uh, especially if we're starting to look at um, depth of target go down. Isaiah McKenzie's the one out of him and Davis that are likely to get those short passes that will break for big runs, and that's what we might see McKenzie do more of. Uh, obviously, there's no Dawson Knox. He is out, um, so um, don't worry about the tight ends in, in this matchup, but this should be a good game for the Bills, D, and also Tyler Bass as well. Uh, the Chargers versus uh, the Cleveland Browns. Again, it's a pretty narrow team. The Chargers, no Keenan Allen for the fourth straight week. It's going to be a difficult game for him uh, to have made it back, but still disappointing. I would like to 
considering how close he was to playing last week, I'm surprised that he was ruled out of this one. So it looks like it was just Palmer he is questionable. Just on the questionables before we talk about this game in more detail. Um, there are currently 17 wide receivers that are questionable today inside my top 76 remaining wide receiver ranked players. So this isn't even including players like Allen, um, Thomas, uh, that have all been ruled out. So I'll quickly go through the questionables here. At this point, it looks like almost all of these will uh, trend to start, but um, those perhaps nearer the bottom of the list are the ones I'm less confident on. So Tyree Kill, uh, T Higgins, and Jalen Waddle are all questionable. They're all inside my top 12. All of them, I think, will play today. CD Lamb, I would expect to play today. Josh Palmer I have as my wide receiver 33. We'll talk about this in this game. I do expect him to play today, but just keep an eye on that one. Fields Johnson talked about. I think he plays today. He's my wide receiver 36 on the weekend. We've got Juju Smith-Schuster, who's questionable. They do swap and swing targets around a bit, so just keep an eye on that one. Josh Reynolds uh, for the Detroit Lions is questionable. Video Jones is questionable. That one might go all the way up to the wire of 6 p.m., so keep an eye on that one. Amon Wilson Brown, really hope he comes back, uh, but definitely keep an eye on that one. Isaiah McKenzie talked about, I do think he will play in this one. These are the ones I'm less confident will play. Zay Jones, uh, Jarvis Landry, Jacoby Myers, Rondell Moore. I do think Russell Gage will probably go, given he played last week, but just keep an eye on that one. Uh, but he's not necessarily a must-start play this week. And then Hunter Renfro has been ruled in this week, so he's one that I would definitely be cautious on still. Uh, this might still be another Matt Collins week, just on the ground, so if I don't think they're going to necessarily rush him back. Um, back to the Chargers versus the Browns, and again, you're looking at Justin Herbert, not quite had the stellar start that we would have expected so far this season, but definitely must start play if you've got him on your roster. Um, you would definitely be looking to cash in and, and take advantage of this matchup, although, you know, that that Browns D is pretty good, uh, but you still have to be a little bit careful, but again, I do have Justin Herbert as my number three quarterback on the week, so I'm playing him with a lot of confidence. Austin Eckler, the massive rebound game with three touchdowns last week. His over and under prop line is 96.5 yards uh, from scrimmage, so people are expecting him to bounce back. Hopefully we're going to see more of this receiving line of those sort of five, six catches, and that's really going to boost his PPR total, and hopefully we're back to seeing that at a regular pace. So. Um, can start Eckler definitely with confidence uh, this week. I've got Eckler, for example, as my running back for pretty good and pristine that he's going to have a good game here. Um, don't worry about any of the backs here. This is, as I said, a Mike Williams and Josh Palmer show here at wide receiver with Don Keenan Allen out. Both of those are inside my top 33. Both of those are set in solid start plays this week. And Jared Everett, who's having a great season at tight end, is definitely someone that you can start with confidence. Um, Dustin Hopkins, the kicker, is definitely uh, questionable, but it looks like he is good to go in this one. Uh, as far as I've heard, but we're waiting on official words. So just keep an eye on Dustin Hopkins, uh, Dustin Hopkins uh, on that one. Um, we move over to the, the Brown side, and this is really all about Nick Chubb and Free Hunt. Nick Chubb is my RB1 on the week. I think this is the perfect matchup for him. That that Chargers one D is pretty awful. Um, Scrimmage yards for Chubb is 102.5, is, is the over and under. So, again, you expect him to have a massive day. I'll smash the over on that, by the way, as a prop. So, uh, get on that one if you can find it. Uh, Krim Hunt, I do think he's inside. Uh, it's all the top 30 running back plays this week. 
Uh, if you've got better receiving options, you don't have one of those 17 crystal wide receivers, maybe I'd play them over him. But if you're struggling, you can start him with some confidence in the flex spots. And we move to Mari Cooper. He's in my wide receiver two range this week. I think he's at the bottom end of that, even despite the injuries. Uh, I've got Mari Cooper at wide receiver 23 on the week. He's probably the only wide receiver I could feel like I could start most weeks here. But also, I would start David Njuku. He is someone that is getting a lot more work in this offense. I feel comfortable about him in a starting position. But he is a bit more bust player. Fingers crossed he finds the end zone. Houston v. Jacksonville. You normally expect this to be quite a, uh, a dull affair between two teams fighting for the number one seed. However, um, Jacksonville seems to be pretty good this season and uh, it's really starting to click on offense but let's uh, flip across to the Philly side and Damian Pierce his box score really was overinflated by that 75 yard touchdown run from uh, first play of a drive so last week but he is increasing his workload he is someone that you can start with confidence but he's you know you've got to remember this is a bad offense they're not going to get um, a huge amount of red zone and, and uh, inside the five opportunities so you know, there's, there is a risk to starting Pierce, but given all the injuries at the running back and wide receiver position, you can start him with confidence, but don't expect him to put up huge RB1 numbers today. Um, Brandon Cooks is the only wide receiver as well. Uh, I would start him. They're the only two offensive players I feel comfortable starting for um, Houston. Brandon Cooks is at RB20, uh, wide receiver 25 on the week. And uh, shout out to uh, Joe Howard. He's someone that if you're sort of struggling with the injuries, you've lost knocks and you're trying to find someone on the way of white, Joe Howard is someone you can plug in and play. His role is increasing. got just under 70% of snaps played last week. So he's someone that you could play with a little bit. Not confidence, but if you're in desperation mode, he's probably the best of the desperate situations at tight end that you can play. Looking at Jacksonville, it's definitely uh, all things looking brighter since Doug Pedersen's rolled into town. It's still... Not sure if I would play uh, Trevor Lawrence. I think this could be a great game for him. I do have him as QB11. I'm bullish. I think he'll have a good game. But having said that, I think uh, if you if you've taken him, you've probably got one of those elite options as well. So you probably play them over him. So just keep an eye on that. But I do think this could be a potentially great game for him. I have James Robinson as an RB1 this week. I actually have him at 10. I think this game script is going to heavily suit what James Robinson does. Protect the lead. A lot of early down um, rushes. Travis Etienne is getting a lot of the uh, third down role. He'll get a lot of receiving work. I wouldn't say a lot. I, I don't feel comfortable enough to put him as an RB2 just yet. I think he's a broad line flex play. Depends on how the injuries are with your team. I'd be looking at him more as uh, outside of the top 30 running backs as it stands right now. In fact, I've got ETN at 35 on the week. So just keep an eye on him. But I still think that's potential flex play, especially in PPR leagues, not in standard leagues because of the fact he will get that receiving work. Christian Kirk has been an absolute stud and someone that you can start uh, with great confidence. I have him at wide receiver 14 on this week. Do watch out for Jay Jones. Uh, we'll see if he's a go with the injury. Uh, if he is, I do think he pops up to the top, uh, sort of top 40, top 50 range of wide receivers. I've got him just outside that right now because I'm just a bit unsure of his of his injury health. Um, but ideally, I'd like to slot him in. I've got him at 53 at the moment, but I'd probably get him a bump inside the top 50 if I knew that he was a go uh, this week. I'm not playing Marvin Jones. 
Um, not the best week for him last week uh, in with losing touches to Agnew, so probably fade that, and I wouldn't be trusting Evan Ingram here in this spot either. Moving on to the Bears versus Minnesota, and whilst the Vikings have been airing it out uh, more and more, the Bears are giving up 17% less pass rate over expected this season which leads the NFL which means that teams are passing 17% less than they would be in normal situations and that's because this pass D for the Bears is extremely good it's a very very good passing defense and so as a result you've got to be a little bit careful here with um, the passing attack and that means it's a slight fade on Phelan for me not to the point where I wouldn't play him but I'm less bullish on Phelan and he is definitely lower in my ranks um, potentially as a result of that so I'm a little bit cautious uh, on playing him so most of see him probably after last week's breakout performance as a wide receiver 2 wide receiver 3 play I actually have him significantly lower than that and have him just trying to find him in my ranks I have him outside the top 30 this week so um just to be a little careful, probably have him around that wide receiver 35-36. So just keep an eye on Thielen. Uh, I still think he's worth a gamble given all the injuries because you know he's healthy uh, flex, but you just need to be a little cautious because of this Bears um, passing defense, which as a result means it should be a good game for Dalvin Cook. Obviously, we need to see what happens with the injury, but um, given the fact that the Bears can stop Saquon Barkley, given the fact they had no quarterback on the field um, and no wide receivers of any merit left on the field, and they sent Daniel Jones out there to go and run decoys, and they just put up uh, Barkley in the Wildcat, I'd expect Bark, uh, Cook to have a big day. His over and under scrimmage yards is 95.5. I'd definitely smash the over on that and uh, definitely make good room for him here. So this should be a good Dalvin Cook game for sure. As for the Bears, the only play you can start on this offense now that he's back is Dave Montgomery. And even then, I'm probably a bit skeptical to do that. I think it is a really bad news if you have Caleb Herbert. They're probably going to split. Uh, the workload, I think both of them are outside the top 24 as a result. So tread carefully in this one. Uh, overall, really, this is a Justin Jefferson game, uh, a Dalvin Cook game, and Kirk Cousins to a degree, I think you can start uh, as well. But just be a little bit cautious of Kirk Cousins. He hasn't quite lit the light up this week. I do have him at a reasonable position. I think I've got him at QB7. Um, but I do think that's more down to the fact I'm not sure that how much of the workload Davin could, could carry uh, over potentially what he would. I think normally you would expect Davin Cook to have 30 carries and still think he's a smash play this week, but I do think uh, they might cap some of that workload. So, but Justin Jefferson week, uh, for sure, he's right at the top of my uh, wide receiver rankings this week. Uh, given the fact that they're really developing into this sort of Cooper Cup uh, heavily target range. He's getting sort of 35-36% target share, which is just monstrous right now. Um, Detroit versus New England. This is sort of a banged up bowl, as we're calling it. Both player, both teams are absolutely banged up as it stands. Um, so we're looking... Um, we're looking at this now with Jared Goff playing, but he he's starting to get some weapons back, so he's someone that you can start 
uh, this week. I think he's outside of the he's outside of the sort of absolute must start plays, but I do think he's someone that you can start with some confidence this week. Uh, I have him, for example, just because of how good this, this defense is. You've got to be a little bit careful. But I do think Jared Goff, we've got him at QB14. I think that kind of tells you that you can definitely start him, but just be a little bit careful. Because uh, it's New England, he can make plays. Jamal Williams is, is definitely a, uh, a huge uh, play. Even though he's only playing 50-55% of snaps, he is someone that you can definitely play uh, with a lot of confidence. Uh, he's at the low end of the RB1 conversation for me right now. really hope that Amon Ross St. Brown is back. If he is... He goes into my top 24 wide receiving options, but just be a little careful that he could be on account. Just monitor that health situation, see how quickly he's walled in versus walled out. Um, and Josh Reynolds as well is another one who um, is injury. He's got an ankle injury, but it does look more likely he is definitely going to play. And with no DJ Chart playing uh, today and no Quintus Cephas, he is going to get a lot of work. So he is a flex play this week. TJ Hawkinson's been on a fine uh, vein of form. A huge week last week. You can definitely start him with some confidence this week. And Mike Badgley comes into kick. So if you are desperate for a kicker off waivers, Mike Badgley's the guy I'd have, given how good this Detroit Lions offense has been. Uh, it looks like uh, Bailey Zapp is going to come in for the start today. And um, yeah, just don't touch him. <laughs> There's absolutely no reason to start Bailey Zapp today. It's uh, it's bad as the Lions D has been this season. It's not the time to be playing someone in their first snaps in the NFL. Uh, just stay away from him. Um, this Stevenson, the Harris backfield is a true 1A, 1B backfield. As a result, they both hover around RB30 for me. Uh, they're both going to cannibalise each other. Um, waiting on the news of Jacoby Myers. I really hope that he can start this week. Uh, it does look more and more like he's expected to play. And once I sort of get that confirmation, he would shoot up in my ranks significantly um, into a top 36 play. Uh, and that would also move Devontae Parker down because I think all targets will roll through Jacoby Myers. Hunter Henry's pretty much done nothing this season, so got to be a little bit careful there. Uh, Seattle versus New Orleans. Again, uh, New Orleans heavily banged up here. Uh, Andy Dalton's in line for another start with James Winston doubtful, likely to be ruled out very, very, very soon. Um, which means it should be good news for Alvin Kamara, who is likely to return and play in this one. Uh, expect a lot of the offense to go through him. And then Chris Olave is the only other offensive player I'd be starting for New Orleans. Um, he's definitely in the shout of a wide receiver two week with all that volume that he's been producing. If though he does get a slight downshift because he's playing with Dalton instead of Winston this week. So really for the New Orleans, the, the only two players you should be considering is Kamara and um, Chris Olave. I'm not touching Jarvis Landry. He is injured. I'm not sure if he definitely plays. And uh, definitely needs to play Mark Ingram in this one. There's a tight situation. It's become a tight committee of three. A lot of people might want to take the fantasy at starting Taysom Hill if he's fit. Um, with the grounds of he could get to the wildcat, rush a TD, maybe throw one. It's an interesting theory, and I think if you're struggling at a uh, tight end, it's someone that you can uh, throw in there as a gamble, but that's exactly that. He's likely to get you zero points, as likely as he is to get you a touchdown, so got to be a little bit careful there. As for Juwan Johnson and 
um, Adam Chapman they've very much become a committee over recent weeks and pretty much eating into each other's roles to the point that they've both become fantasy irrelevant as for the Seahawks they've been surprisingly much better on offense than perhaps anyone's expected Gino Smith sits at quarterback 13 for me on the week he's someone that I would be playing uh, if I had him anywhere I don't think I do uh, with a little bit of confidence uh, it's definitely made him uh, relevant as it's made uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett relevant those two combined uh, get 60% of the targets uh, in Seattle as it stands right now so both you can start as sort of wide receiver 2 wide receiver 3 plays there will be enough volume going round and Rashad Penny coming off the back of last week is the only back in town uh, you can start him he's an RB2 for me this week because there was a little bit of a injury concern about him but he is expected to play uh, moving on to uh, Miami Dolphins versus the Jets Miami uh, no tour um, so Teddy Bridgewater gets to start and again if you're in the Superflex League you can start him in a 1QB league there's absolutely no need to uh, Raheem Mostert is pretty much dominating the backfield here in all phases of the game uh, so you can play Raheem Mostert as sort of a flex play if you're desperate but I'd probably stay away um, unless they get real control and decide to use him a lot more uh, he's getting to those 15, 16 touches but he's not getting as many high value touches as you would expect and that's what kind of diminishes his value a little bit now um, so you can play Raheem Mostert in a, in a deeper league in a charity league and, and areas that you can start him with a little bit of confidence but in your standard leagues it's a little bit harder to start him and it's all about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, both questionable, both likely to start, both inside my top 12 wide receivers this week. Uh, start them both, I expect them both to be fine and survive, even the Teddy Bridgewater experience. So the tight end experience, uh, Mike Kizuki, you can pretty much drop him at this stage, he's just never going to be uh, fantasy relevant enough. As for the Jets, Zach Wilson is back. Um, he's not someone that'd be starting in a one QB league, in a Superflex league, he should be fine. This is becoming a least whole backfield now, as we kind of expected at this point in the season for him to take over. Uh, means Michael Carter isn't startable for me anymore. It'd be Brees Hall as a running back too, uh, for the, at least this game and, and for the foreseeable future until I think he kicks on even further. Uh, Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore continue to provide opinions. I think this is more, and Corey Davis. Uh, I think all of them are startable in their own way. I'm more worried about Corey Davis just for the way that nature of the game that went last week and suited him. Um, but I do think actually this is a game that uh, they'll need to chase more and they'll use Wilson and Elijah Moore more as a result. Uh, Garrett Wilson is my higher ranked of the two. He sits just outside the wide receiver two range. Uh, Elijah Moore sits in that wide receiver three flex range. But I do think you can start Corey Davis if you need to. As well as I think you can start Tyler Conklin. He's been pretty solid at the tight end position. And they're definitely the Jets trying a lot more to get tight ends involved and Conklin is starting to pay off some of that return. Uh, the Falcons uh, versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Maricus Mario too. You can't really start him right now while he has a safe rushing floor. The fact that they're not throwing the ball um, more than 24 times a day is, is a real concern. Uh, they've lost Corbin um, Patton to this one. Uh, he's on IR for the next four weeks. I expect Algier to get the majority of the work. Um, and as a result, I feel like you can start him but it would be a slight gamble it depends how desperate you are at the running back position um, I think if you can avoid starting him I would but if you need to start him I think he's the back I would have I'm not uh, saying that I don't think Caleb Hunter is going to be uh, much of a factor here uh, if you looked at his box score last week he had 10 rushes 
uh, but nine of those came in the span of 14 plays. He pretty much had the hot hand there um, and wasn't used for the rest of the game. That says to me a lot about uh, using when he's on fire, but he's not going to get the regular consistent work, and that's where I think Algier will get that, at least for this week. We'll see what happens when Damien Williams enters his backfield. Uh, and then really with no Kyle Pitts as the Drake London show how much uh, I put on Twitter how much of a show he's going to have uh, yeah I mean you got to light him up and play him everywhere and no need to start anyone if you're looking for a real desperation play Omilade Zacchaeus could be that desperation play he has scored against the Buccaneers before Buccaneers can be weak uh, to a scheme deep ball at times uh, especially with uh, Logan Ryan out today there could be a susceptible there to beat coverage keep an eye on long range Omar Zacchaeus touchdown um, on, on the books there as for the Buccaneers starting to click now that all their offensive weapons are back uh, you can start Brady with confidence you can start Evans with confidence you can start Godwin with confidence you can start Fournette with confidence question marks will be on uh, Rashad White uh, as I said on Monday show I'm slightly concerned about Rashad White's uh, consistent usage they're not going to throw the ball 60 times in this game they should be able to win this one comfortably uh, and therefore the game script will yield back to uh, Fournette carrying the ball here so I, th- I think White could have a role I don't necessarily think that role is worth gambling a fantasy football starting position on this week so I would be probably favouring him uh, everywhere I can um, as for tight ends I think it's going to be Carl Wood Rudolph will get a start today with Cameron Bray out with concussion uh, just don't worry about him really um, the question mark is Julio Jones I think if Julio Jones is fit I think he's worth a flex start given the amount of injuries in position but I think you've got to keep an eye on the game time health for that he's not necessarily someone I'm desperate to start but I do think he has an opportunity here to um, yield a decent um, starting birth here in the flex spots if he is fully healthy uh, I think the last game of the early window Tennessee Titans versus uh, Washington Commanders I'm still getting used to saying that Mike Tannehill showing a bit of resurgence, uh, but still not someone I'm desperate to start on the QB league. Derek Henry is fast becoming uh, the two-time rushing champ that we've seen and uh, taking over. Uh, that backfield, you don't even need to tell you, he's a, he's a running back one on this week. He's a top five player this week at the position. Uh, we get to the wide receiver positions, you now Traylon Burks and IR. It's sort of becomes Robert Wood's season, but not as much as you would hope. I still have him on the fringes of wide receiver 36. I just don't think the volume is there. I think they're still going to use uh, receivers like Nick Westbrook or Keane, who I think you can pick up and play. Uh, if you're desperate at a position, I think you can come in and do a job similar to, say, what Josh Reynolds did last week. He can come in and have a low-end uh, wide receiver 3, wide receiver 4 sort of role. I think that's uh, probably good enough for your flex. So Nick Westbrook or Keane off the waivers is someone that might be having as a sneaky ad if I'm struggling with injury concerns to put a lineup uh, together here but that's pretty much all I'm using uh, the position here I'm not trusting Jeff Swain to return anything although do keep an eye on him being a potential touchdown uh, boot play this week but just keep an eye on that one with Commanders um, it's a pretty narrow team right now Brian Robinson looks like he's going to be activated and he could be part of this that means I think he, he definitely diminishes Gibson's Gibson's still the back here in terms of he's the one that's going to put up the most fantasy points but with J.D. McKissick on one side now Brian Robinson taking some carries um, you know Jonathan Williams came in last week and he carried the ball five times and I think that's kind of what you're going to see out of uh, Brian Robinson he's going to get maybe five or six carries 
just to see how he does and get him acclimatised to the field. If he breaks one, then of course he's going to get more work. Um, so that caps five or six touches potentially from Gibson, and McKissick's getting that receiving work, and, and uh, I think Gibson's down to running about 20, 23, 24% of routes uh, last week, so that says to me that he's got a very niche role. It does cap him at the bottom end of the running back two, and still think there'll be some volume for him. But it's, uh, there's concern that Terry McLaurin is a, a low-end tight end two, and Logan Thomas is a mid-range tight end two uh, this week. Moving on to, sorry, another tunnel. Moving on to the uh, 49ers versus Carolina. Don't think this one's going to be an offensive powerhouse here. Uh, looking at. Uh, the 49ers, Jeff Wilson's uh, a mid to low range uh, RB2 is going to get the volume to Garoppolo again, you're not playing him in the one QB league but you're playing him in the Superflex potentially I think it's Baker Mayfield on the other side so both quarterbacks don't need a lot of conversation here um, as for the wide receivers, Debo Samuel is always going to be a must play um, especially because he's going to have some of that uh, rushing work uh, come his way as well uh, but you know he's not necessarily that same weapon that he was last season so I've got him at running uh, wide receiver 9 on the week he's someone that you can definitely start with confidence but again just be a little worried Grand Nayuk isn't quite doing things at the same level and that is a slight concern uh, for me he's my wide receiver 39 on the week so again he's a start he's in a flex play but if I have other options, he definitely would be getting faded. Um, and George Kittle, yet to see what he had, what is sort of him back to his best. Hopefully, this might be a game against the Panthers where we might see some uh, potential usage of volume increases from him. Uh, as for the Panthers, it's all about Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey you know, got a lot of receiving volume last week, uh, highest amount by season for a while with nine catches, nine targets. Let's hope that remains for him to be a high end value. To be honest, I'm not sure, but Caroline's haven't quite figured out how best to use everyone as it stands right now. As for DJ Moore, he's probably the only wide receiver here uh, for Carolina. I will play, although I am slightly concerned about him um, going forward in terms of consistent volume because of the fact that that offense is pretty terrible. So he is a flex play for me, DJ Moore. It's my wide receiver 40 on the week as a result. But I do think if, you're, if you've drafted him, you're probably not overly confident on better options. Therefore, it's someone you might have to play, but it'd be like a set of flex option uh, going forward. And no need for the Carolina uh, discussion with Carolina. Um, the only unbeaten team left in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 4-0, take on the Arizona Cardinals. This one's pretty simple. If you're really you fire up everyone, you fire up Jalen Hurts, you fire up Miles Sanders, who, although I think it's an RB2, is getting a significant amount of work. And I think if Boston Scott is out, he'll get even more work, which would be great news for him. And you're definitely firing up uh, AJ Brown, who's a wide receiver one uh, this week, and uh, Devonta Smith, who I think is going to be sort of a high end wide receiver three, low end RB, wide receiver two range. Uh, Dallas Goddard, this should be a great matchup for him, so you can fire all your Eagles up for sure. Uh, as for Arizona, it just hasn't really clicked for them. Uh, Kyler Murray, I've got him down at quarterback 12 on the week. It's not his fault. It's just not really working uh, overall for him. I do think he can play Hollywood Brown this week. He's a wide receiver too uh, for me. He's a wide receiver 18 on the week. James Conner is in my running back twos this week. But again, just got to be a bit careful with him. You could see some volume increase from him last week. Um, 
but I, yeah, there is some slight concern there with him. Just be a little careful. And with James Gunn, I've actually got him at 26 on the week, so yeah, just something to be slightly wary about. Um, he's not got that same appeal that he had last season because that Arizona offense isn't getting down to the goal line as frequently as it was uh, last season. Yeah, and then Rondell Moore is an one. He's very much a gamble play. Fingers crossed he might be able to yield you a result this week. But, um, yeah, unfortunately we're not quite seeing enough out of the usage uh, for him in order to get... Uh, to get the confidence that you can definitely start him. But he's one of those, if you're sort of trading in a matchup, you've got him. Um, he's the kind of player that could put together that huge week. Uh, but yeah, you've got to be a little bit careful there, uh, that's for sure. Uh, I've just lost my screen. That's annoying. Um, so I'm struggling to get up the rest of the matchups. Same like that. There we go. Um, Cowboys against the Rams. Uh, should be, I'd expect this would be the last Cooper Rush game. Yeah, for Superflex, he picks him up, he's been perfectly capable, he's not turned the ball over yet, so uh, that's a great result uh, as, a res- as a result of, um, if you picked him up, you've definitely got more than your values worth out of him for competent Superflex starts out of him, uh, but you're not someone that you're necessarily rushing to to start in a one QB league. See, Kelly is down in the RB3 range for me, he's actually been fine, it's just the way that the usage uh, has been. This isn't a high powered offense that we necessarily expected it to be. Uh, I think we're getting lots of points, uh, points that we would have expected. Tony Pollard is definitely a boom, a bust play. Um, CD Lamb on the fringe of the wide receiver one uh, for me, given his consistent play of smashing over 17 fantasy points in each of the last three weeks. Michael Gallup coming back into this offense is definitely a lot more exciting. So uh, I have him as a borderline flex play. Noah Brown is a huge fade for me. Dalton Schultz, I know he got no targets last week and no receptions, but he did uh, run routes on over 75% of plays. Uh, and drop back sets really good, so played a lot of snaps, ran a lot of routes. This didn't happen. I think that will be corrected to the mean. I think he's probably the second or third look this week. Uh, moving on to the Ram, Stafford is he's outside the QB1s for me. I don't think he becomes a must-play anymore. Uh, so I'm very concerned. Maybe that injury is affecting him. But if you've got him, you probably have to start him. This backfield is just uh, confusing. I think Cam Akers is not going to be the lead back for much longer. I think it's going to trend more towards Joel Henderson. It's just not working for Cam Akers. It was pretty terrible in the opening rushes last week. And uh, the ball went over to Darrell Henderson. He did slightly better. So uh, I think this is a 50-50 backfield. But the volume is so low, I, I don't think either are worthy of a top 36 start this week. Cooper Cup smash play would be in the top three wide receivers most week as a result. Uh, Adam Robertson's the big fade for me, and that's because of the way that this offense is working right now with Stafford. He's not getting the targets, he's not getting the volume, and that's because the safety valve. With Cooper Cup, he's trusted to run the routes. He then is running much deeper routes. When he does, uh, Tyler Higby becomes the safety valve. 
So with Tyler Higby being that safety valve, he is a smash tight end play uh, this week, especially in PPR format. So I'd fade Alan Robinson completely. Uh, I wouldn't start him unless you were absolutely desperate. Uh, Sunday night football. Cincinnati Bengals uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, again, this one's a great matchup uh, for all fantasy aspects and players. Uh, definitely starting uh, Joe Burrow, Chase Edmund, uh, Chase, yeah, um, Jamal Chase, even T Higgins uh, and Joe Mixon. All of them are uh, the top twelve at their position for me. You start all of those. As for Baltimore, again, very narrow tree. J.K. Dobbins is an RB two for me. Uh, Demar Jackson obviously is a must-start play. He's having a phenomenal season so far. And with Rashad Bateman out, Devin Duvernay becomes a flex starter for me. And Mark Andrews is, of course, a top tight end play. Probably pushing that tight end one position for me this week. Um, and then with last matchup is the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr on the fringe of the QB1 conversation uh, this week. Uh, Devontae Adams, as a result, is someone that I've been smashing. He's in my top four wide receivers this week. Um, Josh Jacobs is having a relationship. It's going to run the train off him. They're going to literally run all the tyres down to the ground uh, before they let him go in the off-season. So uh, he's a running back two for me. Uh, and Darren Waller is a tight end one for me. He can start all those four players with confidence. As I said, Hunter Renfro is expected to play. I am slightly concerned, even though he's back. I don't necessarily know, since he's not played for a few weeks, what that volume looks like. I think him and Matt Collins could share some volume that could even convolute each other's roles. Try and fake both uh, this week if you, if you have the luxury to do that. And then you've got Patrick Mahomes, of course, you're, you're starting in all situations. And Travis Kelsey for top two tight end this week. Um, as it comes to Kyle's delay, he's been phenomenal this season. He's run really well. Uh, getting involved in the receiving game is kind of what we expected that year one, his rookie year. That's not happened so far, but as he said in the offseason, this is the first year he's coming in, he's healthy and he's showing it. He's running back 11 for me on the week, so he's definitely someone who is a, uh, a must start play. It's the wide receiver core, it's all a bit convoluted. Juju's the only one I start with any confidence. They tend to just spread it all around. Uh, all their available targets so uh, I'm a little careful and cautious about starting any of them with any confidence except for Juju who just sits around about the bottom end of the web receiver three play. That's going to do it um, for the matchup show appreciate that the audio at times might not be absolutely premium I've heard noise in the background um, but wanted to get this out to you and wanted to do it with all the information possible and um, that's why it's in this unedited unabridged bird I hope you found it useful. I'm just pulling into London now, so I look forward to hearing um, the comments, any questions. I might struggle to get to them. Maybe I'll see as many of you as can today as possible. But until next week, as always, Rush Nation, don't forget, keep rushing. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.